The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good hump day morning to you, Columbia. As for now, it is a beautiful day outside on a Wednesday, 9 o'clock, 9 minutes past the 9 o'clock hour. Thank you guys for joining us. We've got a great show for you today, and we are... Certainly going to react to the news that Josh Heupel will be announced as the Tennessee football head coach later today. We will have that for you on 103.7 on WKRM, where the Vol Network is heard in Columbia. Then we will give you our immediate reactions following the press conference, which is scheduled for 11 a.m. as we get off the air so switch over to 1037 to hear the full press conference and our reaction but before we get to the rest of today's show and the lineup mo how are you <laughs> once bitten twice shy huh and never again <laughs> i'm good thanks thank you for asking jp how are you Oh, thank you very much. I'm I'm doing well. Uh, glad to be out and rolling. Um, day two on this um, crazy journey of uh, feeding our uh, consumers with a new product, so to speak. Plus, uh, on a separate project, a commencement of sorts this afternoon that we are all excited about and I know we'll talk about in the future. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, too. So. Really excited about it. I watched two documentary slash straight feature up. films last night. Did you watch Straight Up? No, I did not get I that did. one. So we got three then. Oh, there you go. Between the two of us, we got three in last night. I'll have That's to good. go catch that one uh, as I uh, continue with this process. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, today's show, obviously, as I told you, we'll react to the news of Josh Heupel, but we'll also get the reaction of Joe Rexroad, who will join us from The Athletic and 1025 The Game. Um. Obviously, the rundown had a ton of basketball games last night, some wrestling action, and we'll get full wrestling reaction from 
district and region champion Pete Miller in the house. He'll join us in the next Well, not segment. really in the house. Well. Because we have to make that discernation. That's right, because, because tomorrow we he will, will be have. in the house. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we have Shaq Mason, as we told you yesterday. He will join us at 10 o'clock tomorrow in studio. So make sure you are listening to that because it will be a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, Pete Miller will join us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline a little bit later. We'll talk the hoops games that I went to, the wrestling matches that you went to, the rest of the hoops action from across the southern middle Tennessee area. But, guys, and we're going to talk some college hoops, some SEC hoops, but before, because this is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, and we'll get to all the wild and wackiest news from across the world later, but the wildest news wackiest news from college hoops last night (laughs) and i texted you guys because i'm like this is we gotta talk about this this is crazy like how did this happen apparently texas and oklahoma are playing at texas last night all right oklahoma's at the free throw line put up a free throw misses it texas gets the rebound puts it back up for two points for oklahoma now that's you know that's not so bad in and of itself. Except. <laughs> Except. Oklahoma defeated Texas by one point. <laughs> so those two On points. On an offensive stick back that wasn't. Those two points, uh, well, they uh, it turned out to be pretty big. <laughs> Man. <laughs> was that at Norman? No, it was in, te- in, oh, okay. in Austin. So it's not such a... Bad ride home for dude. No, no, my goodness. Can you imagine? Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously that wasn't the, in basketball, no one basket is going to change the game. Unless. But. (laughs) Unless it does. I, I will say this. Oklahoma was up three late. Guy missed the front end of two on the bonus. And with about five seconds to go and then missed the next one on purpose. And then when he missed the next one on purpose, he didn't hit the rim, so they got the ball out of bounds anyway. (laughs) So, I mean, Texas had every opportunity, but also Oklahoma had every opportunity to put it away and never did. So, yeah, I mean, two points. Crazy. Just blew my mind. (laughs) College basketball. I mean, we we almost saw it. On Saturday at the rec league games, but we did not. <laughs> I college? Saw, I saw one earlier this year at the high school level. Um, I can't remember who it was now. Actually wrote about it, I think. But uh, I mean, it happens every now and then. You just get caught up. Oh, I remember it was Hampshire and um, Collinwood, maybe. Mm. A Hampshire freshman. And John Paul Jones had predicted it in pregame. Oh, actually. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah, you know, it, it, just, it happens. But college basketball, major college basketball, that's wild. You don't expect it. No, you certainly don't expect it. You're exactly right. But, uh, you know, mental lapses, they happen. Have you ever seen it happen, JP? Mental lapses? Well, just <laughs> someone scoring in their own basket. A defensive putback. I've, I've seen it happen. Um, I have not seen it in this context at the end 
of a one-point game. Well, it wasn't at the end of the game. It was yeah. just in Oh, in the middle of the game? during the game. I've seen in, it happen. In the middle but of an eventual one-point I, I don't. Game. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it from that direct perspective. It, it was wild. Um, Let's go back to you. This is two days in a row that you have kind of uh, intimated. Is that the right word? Intimated? Have uh, suggested that a play does matter? One play? One single play? I think I think I'm, you were talking about the NFL on uh, maybe it was Monday. I was listening back or listening in as I was yeah. uh, driving up because I was I was uh, otherwise Sorry about disposed. The the, the, uh, the pass interference yeah. that was not called at the end of the half that led to yeah. a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then the final score was a five point game. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. So you're you're kind of leading that charge this week. Well, I think the bottom line is every play matters. It, it does. There you go. So isn't that what you teach your Players as a coach, you should every yeah. single play. <laughs> so now, although um, and, and not to belabor the point too much, but we as uh, those that talk about these things, I guess, and fans um, at the end of a game of a loss, you know, you hear coaches coach speak. Of course, well, that play didn't decide the game by itself. It never decides it by itself. No, but because it, you have opportunities typically to exactly. overcome. Any single player, any single call, or anything. It just makes for a lines. good story. But they right? all matter. <laughs> they, they do. Well, they do matter. matter. And, and if it goes on the scoreboard, it matters. Well, and you don't know which one's going to matter. I'm curious yeah. who got the two points. It had to be the def- the, the defender closest. The closest, to him. yeah. Is right? it the closest to the basket or the last offensive player to touch it? Who would have been the free throw shooter? I think they typically just give it to who they see as the closest because yeah. you'll you'll see tip ins. Oftentimes, yeah, you see this happen mm-hmm. where a a defender trying to get the rebound will right. clearly tip it in. You see it on a a replay, and everybody goes back down the floor, and so the the game officials will have to decide and sure. discern who was the closest offensive player. Who do we attribute these points to? All right, I'm just curious who it was. <laughs> All yeah. right, somebody got two points that they didn't get. That's right. Yeah. All right, that's uh, that's enough of the ridiculousness for now. Um, for now, we will certainly get into it more and more. Uh, different, plenty of college basketball, as you know, you and I talked about on the, on the way home last night. Tennessee and Alabama we talked about Alabama on the way over here. Uh, you know, Auburn playing well, helping Alabama a little. <laughs> so. Not intentionally. Not intentionally, but, I mean, helping themselves, but also helping Alabama. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll get to all that uh, in the second hour after we talk um, to Joe Rexroad. But for now, before we get to our first break, let's give you the Tuesday rundown. Hold up. Oh, nope. No rundown? Well, and it's Wednesday, but, yes, hold up. Don't we want to do hardware? Oh, yes, let's do that. Thank you. Since we've forgotten it for a whole day. Uh, we didn't forget it. Okay, since we didn't give it out for a we whole We didn't day. give it out. You're okay. right. Let's do that real quick. All right. The End to Win Life Team of the Week presented by Custom Stone Handlers for last week's performance in a sweep of the Summit Spartans. The Spring Hill Girls basketball team is the team of the week. So, And well-deserved after beating a very good Summit team twice. In three days. Twice in three days. You're right. Um, our Covenant Technology Player of the Week. I guess 
This one has to go to a first-timer. First time a Columbia Academy bowler has ever made the finals mm-hmm. bracket. Won a ladder match in that finals bracket. Uh, Austin Kimes from Columbia Academy. Congratulations. You are the Covenant Technology Player of the Week. And the Patio West Scholar Athlete of the Week is Hampshire girls basketball senior Carly Rowland. So, congratulations to Ms. Rowland as well as Mr. Kimes and the Spring Hill Lady Raider basketball team. That's right. So, check those out on uh, sm-tnsports.com. We'll have, have them up there for a full week. And now we'll give you the Wednesday Rundown. There we yes. go. It is the Rundown. In girls basketball action from Tuesday night, it was Fayetteville 47, Cascade 44, Huntland defeated Cornersville 79-31, Moore County over Eagleville 45-36, Coffee County, ranked number four in the state this week in AAA, defeats Franklin County 79-19, also in District 8 AAA play, Tullahoma 51, Lincoln County 47. As we move to 10A, Hampshire, a 50-32 winner over Mount Pleasant. Richland girls, 76, Santa Fe, 41, and 11 AAA. It was Summit, 59, Centennial, 17, Ravenwood, 78, Dixon County, 47. Page, a 66-42 winner over Franklin and Brentwood, number seven in the state. Hand Spring Hill, its first district loss of the year, 58-42. In Class AA girls action, it was Fairview 50, Lewis County 27. Murfreesboro Central defeated uh, Community, there we go, 52-48. Loretta 77, Collinwood 40. Um, that's a single-A game, as yeah. is Summertown defeating Perry County, 81-17. In another Class AA decision, it was Nolansville, 47, Marshall County, 32. In Division 2A, District 3 play, Battleground Academy defeated Zion, 49-36. And Franklin Road Academy, 55, Columbia Academy, 45. Moving over to boys' action, Eagleville, a 61-50 winner over Moore County. Cascade 43, Fayetteville 40, it was Huntland 72, Cornersville 67. In 8 AAA action, Lawrence County a 47-35 winner over Shelbyville. And Lincoln County a 58-54 winner over Tullahoma. In the Battle of Highway 43 last night, it was Mount Pleasant's boys 67, Hampshire 22. Also in 10A, Richland remained undefeated with a 76-46 win over Santa Fe. Centennial edged Summit 68-66 in overtime. Ravenwood 57, Dixon County 37. It was Franklin 69, Page 55, and Brentwood 50, Spring Hill 39. In Class 2A action, it was Fairview 70, Lewis County 58, Community 60, Murfreesboro Central 38, Marshall County a 49-47 winner over Nolansville. Down in single A, Loretto Number five, Loretto, 82, Collinwood, 44. Perry County gets a big win, a avenging win over Summertown. Number six, Summertown, 57-55. In 2A action, or it was, uh, I'm sorry, in Division Two action, it was Franklin Road Academy, 51, Columbia Academy, 48. And Providence Christian, 54, Grace Christian, 47. 
In the next segment, we'll be visiting with Pete Miller, but his Summit Spartans defeated Centennial in the semifinals of the District 14 AAA Duels Tournament 53-20, and Independence defeated Brentwood 41-32. There was no championship match. Independence chose not to wrestle. So, Summit is your district-slash-region champion. Independence is number two. Both will advance to sectionals later this week. There you have it. That is your Wednesday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. And as you just heard, Pete Miller, Summit Wrestling Coach, will join us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline on Coach's Corner. Coming up right after this on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Pat, and J.P. Plant with you here in the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters on West 7th Street in Columbia, Tennessee. If you missed any part of the show yesterday, the day before, or the last eight months, it's available. On the podcast, SM-TN Sports Today, you can find it on our website, sm-tnsports.com. Just search wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, does not matter. SM-TN Sports Today will help you out. Joining us now on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe, is Summit Coach Pete Miller and From the Heart Cafe, located in Chapel Hill. We got to take JP out there yesterday and gauge his reaction and he was pleasantly uh reactionary as we knew it would be oh yeah there was no question right? from a heart coming up on a milestone their one year anniversary tomorrow congratulations to renee and the gang out there for um 
starting up a restaurant in the middle of a pandemic and making it to the one year mark. Hey, we know how it is. We're coming up too. We're getting there. We're, we're not far, Mo. We're not far. Just keep swimming. Keep swish swish. And I'll tell you what that means in a minute. But right. right now, we will get to Coach Pete Miller, whose team is the District 14. District 14 region and Region 7, seven. champions. <laughs> All in one fell swoop. Coach Miller, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, appreciate you taking some time with us from your um, duties of molding young minds over there at Spring Station Middle School. Um, oh, yeah. Again, District 14 AAA and Region 7 AAA champions. Two ni- Did you get two plaques? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, last night decided both district and region. So it's the first time I think that's happened in our region tournament. So uh, as you know, Metro schools are unable to compete in the duels this year. So there was no need to have a district tournament and a region tournament since it was all from the same district anyways. So it, it both panned out. Whoever the district champions this year would also be the uh, region champions or region runner-ups. So you guys are nothing if not efficient. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, obviously, again, we're here in the middle of a pandemic, and it's kind of um, created some challenges, and it's created some interesting ways, intriguing ways of going at some things. And one of the things that has evolved out of this is with the state duels at the Class AAA uh, level, being limited to eight teams rather than the traditional 16 that we have seen in the past, there has been a sectional round instituted and teams are not being required to compete in those sectionals. So with that said, Pete, we talked last night about region eight out of Memphis and what the situation was down there with a lot of those schools not being able to wrestle either. And so some teams are opting to not compete at the sectional level, or there's some talk about some teams that may not um, choose to go to that point. What are you hearing with regards to that Collierville, Arlington, Houston bunch that y'all would match up with? Yeah, so I've spoken with a couple of their coaches. Um, You know, first off, they're focused on their region championship on Thursday, and I think the outcome of that will um, help their decisions. But kind of as you said, we will host uh, the runner-up from the Region 8 Memphis area, and then Independence taking second will travel to Memphis to face the champion. But they're kind of up in arms. They don't really know what they're going to do yet because as of right now, I believe there's only five AAA teams in Memphis that are even competing um, right now this season. So it's up in arms. They're going to figure out what they're going to do Thursday. So I guess we'll get word Thursday night to figure out what we need to do because uh, these sub-state matches will need to be completed by Saturday night. So it's got to be something that's going to be a quick turnaround. <laughs> State duels will take place a week from Saturday, February 6th. Um the AAA state duels will be at Independence and at Centennial. And um, speaking of Centennial, Summit defeated the Cougars 53-20 last night in their semifinal. Independence defeated the host Brentwood Bruins 41-32 to set up the championship match between the two South Williamson County programs that did not take place because independence chose not to wrestle. And in the grand scheme of things, it kind of makes sense, um, especially with everybody dealing with 
short rosters and that kind of thing. No sense in running anybody out there when things are pretty well decided already and running the risk of somebody getting hurt. I mean, you hate to you hate to not wrestle it, I'm sure, but at the same time, you can see the um, the rationale behind it. Correct. Yeah, I completely understand their reasoning for that. You know, they uh, they've made it. You know, now they're going to travel to to Memphis, and they still have a shot at the uh, the state duel. So I completely understand their decision. Uh, but again, I know we always want to wrestle. Indy always wants to wrestle us. We want to wrestle them. But given the pandemic and just being able, thankful to wrestle, I completely understand their decision. You you guys got off to a great start last night. Um, I mean, I'm not sure that you could have asked for a better start than what you got. What were your expectations going into that against a team that you had not wrestled against? But, you know, it, it's always going to be a fight with uh, our, our Region uh, 7. You know, us and Central have had some great battles in the past. So we knew we got to come out. We got to be the first ones to score. And we got to get guys on our back. We got to take advantage and, and score. Uh, score bonus points. Uh, I mean, last night of our, uh, of our 10 wins, seven of them were bonus points. And that, that's a huge difference maker when, when you have tough matches. Speaking with coach Pete Miller, summit wrestling coach on the parks, motor sales hotline brought to you by from the heart cafe in Chapel Hill coach. We talked a little bit earlier, I guess before the season, when uh, I was seeing you at uh, trivia, some, <laughs> um, yep. Oh yeah. You, you know, it was, it was very touch and go for a long time about whether or not this season would even be able to get to this point. How, how surprised are you that you, that, that wrestling has made it this far? It's definitely been a group effort. Um, you know, this really just shows the the family of what wrestling is. You know, us in Williamson County, we've been very, very blessed that, that our administrations have let us kind of continue full through with our regular season, but it's taken everybody, you know, shout out to Jared Grindstaff and independence. It, it seems like they've hosted a tournament almost every other weekend. They've stepped up for people and hosted tournaments. Uh, Fairview stepped up and hosted. Uh, they took over for the father Ryan invitational. So this goes all the way back to administration and Williamson County in general, just allowing us to have sports. And they realize how important sports are for kids in Williamson County. But um, yeah, we're, we're just blessed first off to be able to, to compete this season so we've been lucky so far fingers crossed you know you've um like you said had to make some adjustments everybody's had to make some adjustments we talked a little bit about the postseason with the um the state tournament field for duels being cut in half but it seems like you mentioned family and community and that kind of thing everybody feels like whatever is best for us to be able to get a season in is what we want to do. There's not been a, I've not heard a whole lot of pushback on anything that has um, been instituted for this season to this point. No, I agree. Everybody's done thing the right, the right way. You know, uh, our County, our wrestling coaches, our, our wrestlers understand that we have to do things the right way. Even if we don't necessarily agree with it, if this is what we have to do to be able to have a season, our kids understand it. Our parents, our faculty understand that that's what's necessary to be able to make this work. So um, yeah, we're we're very thankful up to this point. And Pete, do you do you think that seeing the state basketball tournaments not get completed last year, spring sports not come off last year, do you feel like that's having an impact in terms of we got to do things the right way and and having that that level of you know gratitude for being able to pull these sports off at this point? 
Absolutely. I mean, having a state championship pull away from you is, it's horrible on all ends and it's bad for everybody, but we didn't know what was going on. You know, with that, that's what they had to do. You know, I'm still, I'm from Cleveland and seeing their basketball team being the number one ranked team in the state, not be able to fulfill, you know, that number one seed. It hurts. And I think people realize just after having those six months off, how important uh, athletics are to youth and being able to give them an outlet because being cooped up for six months, that's not fair for anybody. I didn't realize you realized basketball existed, Pete. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over in Cleveland, they do. They also uh, know all about wrestling over there. <laughs> oh. Just a little bit. Slightly. <laughs> Slightly. Co- <laughs> Coach, are, are, are you – and I'm not sure. I, we had talked about this earlier. The duels, are they in – they're in Chattanooga? No, no, no. no the duels are all in Williamson County. They gotcha. are being spread out among um, – The individuals will be. Yeah, right? the individuals okay. are at the Chattanooga Convention Center. And so, they're all going to be one-day events. Is that right, Pete? Yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, private school, so Division Two will be on Thursday. Uh, girls and uh, Division AAA will be on Friday, and then AAA will be all day Saturday at the Chattanooga Convention Center. Are you guys hosting any state duels? We are not. Okay. Um, AAA will be hosted by Independence High School and Centennial. Gotcha. Um Nolansville and Mill Creek will host the Division Two Girls Division and AAA. Gotcha. Well, that's going to be a lot of fun. I, it'll be interesting to see how, how does that affect uh, with with girls being elsewhere. How does that affect you? And your uh, team? Well, this year we didn't have enough girls to be able to compete in a duels team. Next gotcha. year we hope to do that. So right now we uh, we're focusing on our individual girls. We have five that will be competing in the region tournament this weekend. So that's another thing that's kind of being interesting is, is scheduling properly because this Memphis duels, their region eight, they're not having their region duels until Thursday night. And if we end up having a sub-state match, it's going to have to occur Friday or Saturday. So there's going to have to be some shuffling of some uh, uh, some scheduling, but we got to make sure that we get those girls ready to rock and roll as well for their region tournament. And then we have the JV state at Siegel. So like I said, we still have the ability to wrestle. It's just a lot of people are having to be able to work together to make this work this season and again that's a, that's you know a shout out to how special the wrestling community is if everybody being able to work together pete you mentioned the girls duels and um girls wrestling has only been sanctioned by the TWSAA for maybe four years if that um it seems like you and your coaching staff were among the first to really kind of embrace that whole thing how do you see girls wrestling growing from the standpoint of you know, how many teams are there that have, you know, enough wrestlers to actually wrestle a duels tournament like that? Uh, it's amazing, especially here in Middle Tennessee. I think we have the largest group of uh, female wrestling teams and full teams. I mean, you have programs just in our region like Independence that fills a full team. Uh, you know, up north in Clarksville, you have Clarksville, you have Rossview. Uh, Clarksville Northwest, they're really some really strong teams. Uh, but girls wrestling all in all in the last 10 to 20 years has saved our sport. You know, it's, it's, we're blessed to have them. I think it's awesome to give girls an opportunity to wrestle other girls because there are girls out there that are tough enough definitely to wrestle guys, but there's just something when a girl wrestles another girl that it it evens the playing field for them. And I think it's outstanding to be able to have this and especially girls duels. Uh, Tennessee was kind of the pioneer state uh, to start and actually uh, make an official sport 
for wrestling. So there's a lot of people to give shout outs to around Tennessee to help, you know, pioneer girls wrestling across the country because a lot of people are following in our footsteps and the way that we do things to get their states going with girls wrestling. Pete, elaborate on that girls wrestling has saved wrestling in Tennessee. Oh, it just, you know, wrestling's not one of the, I guess, quote unquote, popular cool sports, you know? So being able to have girls wrestling, it, it, it evens out the whole issues of, you know, way down the line, people look at it, Title Nine, but having girls be able to be involved, it's now a girls and a guys varsity sport. And for a lot of programs, it helps save it. I mean, you look at some of these programs around the state when they have more girls than guys on their programs, it, it literally is saving the sport. Having girls wrestling at the Olympic level, that's amazing. Having girls wrestling now in college is absolutely amazing for the sport of wrestling. So I am all for it. We are too, especially because you've got one really good one, and we're excited to to watch uh, Nevaeh as she continues her trek to the 105 state championship, as she has predicted. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's she's amazing, and like you've you've talked to her, she's on a different level. The way she thinks is just completely different than everybody else. You know, she's already uh, aced the the, uh, the ACT. She made a 36. You know, I remember talking to her as a young freshman. I said, what are your goals? And I kind of meant like this year. And she was like, I want to make a perfect score on my ACT. I want to be a brain surgeon. I want to go to Vanderbilt. I want to win the state. And I was like, yes, ma'am. All right, well, let's do that. So <laughs> so far, so good, huh? She's for a long time. Yes, absolutely. So she's definitely a special uh, person in there. But she's also just an amazing assistant coach. She works so well with the other younger girls on the team. Um, we're just blessed to have her in our program. She has been fantastic. Coach Pete Miller from Summit Wrestling has joined us today on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline on Coach's Corner, brought to you by From the Heart Cafe. Coach, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, and, hey, thank you for everything you all do, not just for wrestling but for all sports in Middle Tennessee. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Congratulations on the District and Region Championship and your upcoming Substate matchups whenever right. that may occur. <laughs> if it occurs. Yeah. It occurs. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep y'all posted. Uh, Thank you, Pete. We appreciate that. There Thank it y'all. is. That is Pete Miller on the Coach's Corner brought to you by From the Heart Cafe over in Chapel Hill. Had a pretty good burger yesterday. She's got specials running tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday mm-hmm. in honor of her one year anniversary over there. It's on Nashville Highway right at the end. If you uh, When you get to the T in the road, go towards the state park, but uh, don't go too far. It's right immediately as you turn. You can almost ride the shoulder from Bear Creek to the parking lot, <laughs> the, as the accel- JP did yesterday. The acceleration lane will take you right into their parking lot, so just, <laughs> just do that. There you go. With caution, but might add you. Yeah, if there's a, if there's a pickup with a, with with a, a trailer, trailer. <laughs> don't do that. It wasn't your fault. Yeah. We almost hit a truck twice while, yesterday on that trip. Well, while looking back to see if you can turn, it's always important <laughs> to remember to continue to look forward before before you go. So that just 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 a standard FYI. <laughs> that wasn't on you, man. Yeah. It just it just happened. It wasn't that close, but no. it, but the timing of hey, you can just go here and you turn and look and uh no no we no, can't, we can't. This, you, you can, right now. but just but not you, right now not right yeah. now. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> but a great burger yesterday, it, it, and I was about to the say, desserts. That's where she really kills the game. I don't. I've never had a bad dessert there because I had the blueberry cobbler. You guys had the pecan pie brownie. Ugh. 
And I had mine with whipped cream as the chef warrants. Mo decided to refrain from whipped cream. That's okay. That's another story for another day. <laughs> Anybody that knows me knows that I'm selective. <laughs> selective. Selective. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Selective. Oh, man. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about some hoops action from last night, some other um, high school sports before we get into the second hour. So stay tuned with us here on the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back in 11 10 minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour <laughs> as i said 11 it, the clock changed to, i gotta get one with seconds on it so we're not we're, we're nothing if not prompt huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was great! Up to the minute updates. Uh, up to the second update. So I, I got to get one with the second hand so that I can. I mean, you know, I've got my watch on, but my watch says seven minutes, so <laughs> maybe it's a little off. Um, we're work, uh, and I'm over here with my <laughs> my volume on my computer. We are on Facebook Live, and. Thank you for joining us. If you are on there, you can comment on the Facebook Live as our friend Chris Perkins has done, and we will throw your comment up on the screen. We can do all kinds of cool stuff. See, check that out. You see that? That's awesome. By the way, um, yeah, uh, Chris Perkins, love the show. Uh, Charles Pulliam, bowling represent. And then um, by some <laughs> fellow named Chuck Yao. Who's this Yao fellow? Who is this Who's Yao? This, yeah. But he also said, Hey, Mo and JP. He did. I, I guess, have you, has he already said hello to you today, or is he just <sighs> bypassing you altogether? He did say um, that <laughs> he he enjoyed the Facebook Live aspect. Uh, getting to see us, I think, is kind of cool, kind of a, a cool little option. So if you're watching on Facebook Live, you know. Well, if anybody's enjoying it, I'm glad that they are. But I've always said I had a face for radio. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't. Quite what I'd signed up for. Well, let's just let, let's just put it this way. Mm-hmm. So, there are some shows that this works where you can be on Facebook Live. There are some other shows on this station where the internet just doesn't work, or the whatever programs don't work. So maybe those programs were just telling certain people, West Duncan, 
that his <laughs> face for radio is a little worse than ours. Oh. Hey, wow. I'm just giving Wes a hard time. <laughs> Wes is going to give me a hard time for the Josh Heupel hire anyway, so it is what it is. We're we're going to get into that, but I mean, we are. We're going to well, get into yeah, it. Yeah, right. well, well, let's just say that. Yeah. What we do need to talk about is a couple of big hoops games last night. Um, Spring Hill girls hosting number seven Brentwood, a team that they have already beaten once this year, and they are coming off a two-game sweep of Summit last week. So. Big game over at Spring Hill last night, and I don't, I don't know what happened, but I can tell you this: Brentwood's intensity was at an eleven, Spring Hills was at about a five. They just couldn't match it, and when I, when the game started, Spring Hill missed a. a a shot on their end of the floor. Brent Wood came down, missed a shot, and got about six consecutive offensive rebounds before they finally put the ball in the hoop. But it was just... It, it was a situation where they just let them shoot until they scored. It 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 was wild. And, and it, wasn't, it was more, more so that Brent Wood had position and they didn't want to foul, and I understand that completely. But it took six minutes, well, five minutes and 48 seconds before. Six minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before Spring Hill was able to get an offensive rebound in the entire game. So it, it was it was a tough night for, for Spring Hill as they fell 58-42. They just couldn't quite uh, overcome the early deficit. They were down 16-2 to two at one point. I wonder if sometimes particularly – when you've not been in that position before, you know, Spring Hill comes in there undefeated, like not 2-0, and but like 7-0 and right. in district play. You know, you're playing a top-10 team who has been on that stage, you know, has played in state tournaments, that kind of thing. I wonder if and, – and you mentioned matching intensity. I, I wonder if there's just a mental edge – that Brentwood has in that situation that Spring Hill has to acquire to be ready for those type games. I mean, this is a team that's won more games this year than they had won in the previous three years combined. Four, but yeah. Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) Thank you for making my point. You know, Exactly. I mean, (laughs) and, and, and sometimes I just think you have to figure out how to be in those big games and how to compete in those type games. They they may have snuck up on Brentwood back before Christmas when they beat them at Brentwood, and they've kind of lost that element of surprise here to some degree. Now they're going to have to be ready to catch folks as a game. Oh, yeah, no doubt. They still have Paige twice on the schedule, so that's going to be a tough one for them, I'm sure. Uh, is actually a game that Matt Horton said he was a little worried about because of the matchup issues, but I also think that they are a matchup issue for Paige. So that because they're play, they're two completely different teams. Paige is very quick and small, whereas Spring Hill is big and powerful. So we'll see how that works out. Now but. we saw quick and small 
against Spring Hill a couple of weeks ago when Columbia Central beat them in the last game that Columbia Central has mm-hmm. won before going on a three-game skid here. So, you know, quick and small could give Spring Hill some problems, but like you said, with the big three of the Stedman sisters and Cole Alderson, they can create a lot of issues for a lot of people as well. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think that's uh, that's why I think – you know, sometimes you have to really game plan and change maybe a little bit about what you do to to change, the, you know, the the outcome of a game like that. You've seen what, what it can do to you, what that, what that size mismatch can be in your favor and against you. So mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see it. Um, but, again, just uh, Spring Hill couldn't quite match the intensity. Brentwood was – Brentwood was, was trapping in the backcourt – after every made basket, I mean, they were trapping in every corner. It just felt like, you know, they were just ready to play, especially after getting beat by almost 20 uh, against Summit mm-hmm. over the weekend. I'm sure that uh, they had they, they were ready to get that off their back and uh, shake it off. So it was really a bad time to be Spring Hill. But here's the good thing. You've got that loss now. There's no there's no undefeated in the district hanging over your head. You've got that out of your system. Now you can shake it off and go forward. Yeah. So. Um in other key games from last night, we mentioned um Summertown Boys losing to Perry County 57-55. Richland Boys 76 Santa Fe 46. A uh, couple of key things there. One, Richland stays undefeated 14 and 0. Overall, they are ranked number three in the state in Class A this week. This was Santa Fe's first game back out of quarantine. Um, With no practice. And without practice, they hit nine threes, got 20 points out of Andy Slaughter, um, 14 from Will Monholland. But Richland did what they do. Um, Logan Helton with 22 points. They had four guys in double figures. Um Daniel Nicholson and Trey Luna with 17 each, and Tyrell Randolph with 10. Um, again, the Raiders 14 and 0 overall, and pretty well running things in District 10A. Yeah, and that Summertown game, one of the Burlesons didn't play much. He was hurt. I think it was Grant. I forget which uh, one. Well, Gavin is not in the box then score, that's it. So, so Gavin, it must be him. And he is our SMTN Sports area's number two scorer right now. Yes. So you're taking 21, 22 points out of the mix. Off the board, yes. Yeah. So tough loss there, but Perry County received votes. They were basically number 11 in the poll this week, and Summertown um, ranked in the poll. So that was a big game. But, yeah, lots of great action in high school. We'll keep you updated. When we come back on the other side of the break, it's going to be Joe Rex Road from The Athletic talking about Josh Heupel and the Tennessee Volunteers football coaching search on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in. As we have seen the clouds begin to roll into Columbia, covering our beautiful blue skies this morning as snow and rain forecasted for the area, but that's okay. It's a beautiful day in Columbia because it's a beautiful day in the state of Tennessee (laughs) as the Tennessee football volunteers have made their choice. Danny White has got his man. The white smoke has come out of Neyland Stadium. Again. (laughs) All right. Danny White smoke. (laughs) That's nicely done. Nicely done. Hang on. Oh, I know you got doing it. Too many. I know yeah. you got it. Delayed reaction. Oh, delayed reaction. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about. That's what, why he makes the big bucks. That's, that's my, my apologies, Joe, for this intro, but uh, trust me, you'll make up for it. Oh, man. <laughs> Joining us now on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline and the expert on this one. Because I, I, I'm really excited to hear what Joe has to say because I've, I've seen his tweets, I've seen his, his his Lane Kiffin jokes, I've seen everything. <laughs> so <laughs> we welcome in now on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, Joe Rexford from the Athletic. Joe, thanks for joining us. Hey guys, uh, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, um, man, I, I must say, you know, I'm trying to be. I'm sure as time goes on, you know, it's just like anything. You- well, you can find the bright side, there's some positives, there's some, you compare to the last coach, you can find some positives, but boy, uh, I, I hate this hire. I, I just, I, I really do. I just, I think it's doomed, and uh, I think it's a total sad commentary on where Tennessee is right now. I think it's lazy, but other than that, we'll see. I think it's a realistic hire. There's that. I mean, yeah. Joe, Joe, what? Why do you hate it? Well, I think you're right, but again, I mean, that's that's part of. I mean, it's sobering. Now, now, granted, like a lot of people say, well, what did you expect? And and I hear that, and I think if you if you say it like, okay, you're talking about a, a the head coach with a very good record at a program that's probably as close to the Power Five as any you know non Power Five program is. If you, I mean, if you say it that way, it's like, okay. I mean, that sounds, 
about right. I mean, Butch Jones was, you know, the Cincinnati head coach. He'd had some success. Um, obviously, the last guy was not a head coach. And I think it is important to have in this job someone who has demonstrated success as a head coach. The, the, the few things about it. One is, you know, I, I think one is I think expectations they did for me, and I think for a lot of people changed when Danny White was hired. So when Danny White's hired, all you heard, and with good reason, was this guy has an incredible knack for finding coaches, for identifying coaching talent, going off the beaten path and finding coaches. The funny thing is, as I talked to people last week, um, the one counter to that is, yeah, but what about Heifel? Because, you know, UCF has gone the wrong direction under Josh Heifel. Now, it's been a short period of time, but, um, you know, he inherited a Ferrari. I mean, he inherited a, well, a national champion, depending on uh, you know, your, your perspective. But, you know, certainly inherited an undefeated team that just beat Auburn. He had a great first season. They took a step back in his second season. They took a significant step back this season. Their recruiting has gone the wrong direction. Now, does this season, do you have to view it through the lens of it's COVID and different programs affected differently? Sure, I think that's fair. But um, it, it, when you have that expectation for Danny White coming in, and then basically a week later he brings in the backup, backup, backup plan, and a guy who was a, you know was not his first choice to to replace Scott Frost by by all accounts during that search, and it's hard to for, for me it's hard to get excited about that. I I absolutely agree with you on this point. What I'm going to do is just let it ride at this point because, honestly, what choice do I have as a fan <laughs> of Tennessee? You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to – I'm not even going to be angry. I'm just – you know, if he doesn't do well, he doesn't do well. If if we have NCA sanctions and he gets us through it, then, hey, appreciate your help. You know, have a nice time back in the AAC or – group of five wherever you are here's your 12 million dollar buyout all right um <laughs> here's the thing i i think it serves a per i think he checks a lot of boxes from the standpoint that he is an established head coach as opposed to a first-time head coach um maybe he wasn't where they wanted things to be at ucf but if if Danny White is this kingmaker that that a lot of folks made him out to be when he got there, when you look back at Leopold at Buffalo and all and Nate Oates and all that the coaches that he has hired both at Buffalo and at UCF, then maybe you maybe you extend him that again. I don't know. Um, I'm just impressed that they were actually able to get a Division One head coach and get it done before signing day. And I think there's yeah. some value to that. I think there's some value. I think with this moving forward, because, look, I don't think anyone's surprised that, one, that you know there were reported overtures to, like, Luke Fickle, James Franklin. You know, you know P.J. Fleck has made it clear that he was approached. Um, you know, and no one is surprised that, that you – don't get one of those coaches in, in this situation. I mean, I, I did think maybe Danny White, that stability, that perceived stability, when you are going to pay him $1.8 to be your AD, you have to feel better about that 
than you would about like Philip Fulmer still being the AD, right? So, I mean, this is a, you know, has been a very successful AD. I thought maybe it would, you know, would widen the, the potential field a little bit, but still, I agree. I mean, you're, this is probably around the profile you're getting, but to me, I mean, I just, I just think Jamie Chadwell has demonstrated more in what he has done. Billy Napier has demonstrated more. And frankly, I'd, I'd be more excited about Will Healy uh, getting this job right now, a guy who I, I do believe will be a successful Power 5 coach, than um, Josh Heupel. Now, that's just me. Uh, but but those, those are some names that are going to be tracked and compared now to what happens here with Heupel. And maybe he'll prove everyone wrong. I do – look, I like – I mean, obviously he has explosive offenses. Uh, he's been good with cornerbacks. Those are great things, especially relative to what Tennessee just got out of. I mean, that's really, to me, why Jeremy Pruitt doesn't have his job is because they couldn't develop a quarterback. They were stuck to Garantano too long, and it just it was just a bad, archaic offense under Jim Chaney. You know, Josh Heupel's offenses have been explosive. I also think the counter to that is, you know, like especially when he was at Missouri, um, you know, it, there was a moment in time for this, these tempo passing offenses where people really struggled with them, and it's not as much that anymore. Now, if you have, you know, if you have talent, like better talent, which is what he's had at UCF relative to most of his conference peers, then it it's, it's, re- remains that explosive. I do wonder what it will look like at Tennessee against SEC defenses. And, and then, of course, you know, what's he going to do on defense? That'll be very interesting, and that's, that's going to be very important. Um, but recruiting is probably my biggest concern with this guy because it's just not – when you inherit that kind of program, absolutely, you know, group of five kings program, and your recruiting starts slipping below other programs in the AAC, that kind of goes to what I've heard from a lot of people, which is this guy just doesn't have a dynamic personality. And I understand that selling a program and all that stuff is secondary – I think in a place like Tennessee to, you know, being a good coach, but I still think it's a part of it. Um, and I mean, you've got to recruit in some really, really rough waters to have enough talent to compete in this league. Can your staff make up for that? You better hope so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> T yeah, Martin yeah. better not leave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly. I mean, if, if you've got, if you've got, great recruiters on your staff, then you don't have to be, you know, the funny thing, like I, I think of like a Nick Saban is I've always been amazed um, <laughs> because, you know, I, I covered Nick Saban long, long ago when he was way grouchier than now, but it was always amazing to hear people back then even say like Nick Saban in the living room as a closer, he's unbelievable. He's just incredible. Like that guy, that personality. Isn't that hard right? to believe? It is, but you know, even as a guy who obviously he has, he, he's in a position where you delegate, and but he's still a closer. But but to your point, well, I mean, yes, I mean, you, you get a, a great recruiting staff that can make up for what you lack there. It also makes me think of Pruitt's staff a little bit because I think he made some choices on staff that were about recruiting, and then you know, then your on field coaching can suffer, and then you're firing people, you know, three games into a season and things like that. But, but still, I mean, you can find great recruiters out there, and you would think that, you know, Tennessee still, to me, is a very attractive place to work. And, you know, if you, if you know now, I think that's where Danny White could still help 
too, is there is, to me, a sense of, there's got to be a sense of, you know, increased stability with him in place. Um, and maybe, you know, the idea that, you know what, Tennessee's gotten pretty close to rock bottom, so maybe a coach now would have a little bit more time. Even if the fans don't like that idea, maybe that's reality at Tennessee now. Here's the thing, Joe. Josh Heupel being an offensive guy, I think fans would have would be, I guess, not okay with, but would feel better about losing to Florida fifty one to thirty five or sixty three to forty eight to Alabama than what we've seen over the last couple of years. You know how I know that because that's how bad Lane Kiffin lost to them, and they wanted him. So <laughs> right. my, I guess my point is. If we're gonna lose, at least score points. Don't be inept on offense. <laughs> and and it's funny that you say that because as as I scrolled through Twitter, as we so often do, I've come across at the Smoky Vol. This was in the last minute. It says Josh Heifel scores points, knows what asparagus is, knows how to wear a mask, would start <laughs> the best QB on the roster, can speak English, <laughs> looks like a nice enough guy. This is all I need. Well, hey, that's how low the bar is. <laughs> apparently. And, and apparently Danny White figured that out pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, because he was in Orlando like day two. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, if you compare him to Pruitt, uh, you can, you know, there's some things to like. But I, I do agree, like, you can't be bad and boring now, you know? I mean, offenses are flat out winning. And this is at the college and at the NFL level. They are flat out winning right now. So when you have a season like last year where it's like, my gosh, can you like string together three completions in a row? Um, you well, when defenses are outscoring you, Kentucky has two pick sixes. I mean, <laughs> right. there's that. Yeah. When their defense is scoring more than your offense, that's not a good day. Yes. No, no, no doubt. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that, I, I think. I think certainly a Tennessee fan can have some optimism over, you know, the offense um, being more fun to watch and the quarterbacks being, you know, better equipped and better groomed and all that stuff. You know, I still, I I will say that with Pruitt, I I think he had the right idea in terms of like, you have to get way better in the trenches. And I think he did offensively. I don't think they did enough defensively. And, I mean, you know, we can make all the jokes you want about recruiting with Pruitt and everything, but, I mean, (laughs) look, it's the SEC. I mean, you know, you can't be sloppy and get caught cheating. That's what you can't do. Well, they didn't get Um, caught. Let's let's just – let's. That's a good point. Clarify that. (laughs) Caught by themselves. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that that's going to make a difference, Joe? Do you think that – and we've talked about that on this show, is the self-reporting, is that going to make a huge difference in the penalties you see from the NCAA? Because the NCAA doesn't want to maybe discourage people from self-reporting, right? I mean, you would think so. You would think it would have some impact. It certainly doesn't to me. I mean, it doesn't mean whatever Tennessee, you know, like they're just scot-free now. I mean, no. but yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you've got to... Uh, incentivize, yeah, just like you want to deter <laughs> cheating, you got to incentivize, uh, you know, uh, um, turning on yourself, yeah, 
Yeah. So I would, I would think so. I mean, you know, I, I think with that whole thing, and I'm sure, you know, that's somewhat tied to where they ended up here. Although I, I still think it's probably, I, I don't think the worry of sanctions would be a big deterrent to coaches. I mean, they're going to get something, but without having seen every single line, having heard a, I've heard quite a few things that I think we'll read in the report, and I haven't, I haven't read the whole thing. I think there's some stuff in there that's like, oh boy, but. I mean, I think they're looking at scholarship reductions, probably a postseason ban one year, maybe some limitations on, you know, visits and things like that. But that's not that's not going to scare a coach away from, a, like, a job like this. What scares them away is, how did this come about and why did they tell on themselves? Mm-hmm. Because no matter exactly how it came about, it looks like an attempt to get out of a buyout. Well, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I, don't, it, I don't know who's I don't know who's questioning that at this and, point. And so the question becomes: if they'll do that once, what stops them from doing it a second time, Doctor Phil? Yeah, exactly. And and what kind of I mean, what's what's the leadership structure there? You know, I mean, it's I mean, I think that's I think last time around, before we even got to all the Shano stuff and everything, I think that I was really surprised by at least a couple of the coaches who said no thanks. And I mean that's all I can come up with at that point is like, what, what's the leadership? How stable is it? What's the booster situation? You know things like that. I mean I think that scares people off. And and something like this, no way that helps. And they'll they'll swear till the end of time that it was just honestly came about by you know they had a whistleblower and they had information and they went after it and just like any program would do. But we all know that any program doesn't do that. Most programs that they had with their coach does everything they can to avoid getting in trouble for things like that. We're with Joe Rixroad of The Athletic. Joe, do you feel like, particularly bringing in an offensive coach like a Heifel, does this get Eric Gray to come back out of the transfer portal? Does this kind of stop the bleeding as far as the guys bailing out of there? What What do you think as far as that goes? That's a great question. Um, I would think that, you know, it's possible with a Gray and maybe some other guys – Am I? I'm trying to remember. I thought there was some kind of indication, even on Toe Toe, that it wasn't necessarily like 100% gone now. Um, I would think that you, and maybe there, yeah, I'm sure there are other guys who have been considering it, maybe waiting to see who the coach is. So maybe, and once you, once you actually hire someone, okay, who is this guy? Let's talk to this guy. Let's see what's up. And yeah, I mean, I would think offensive players would be intrigued uh, for playing in this. Um, you know, but you also. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt built this team to play power football, right? And so now it's going to be at least, you know, I mean, offensively, I think you're going to talk, you're talking about a different team, very different, and you're talking about different kinds of players. I mean, you know, even like you look at the offensive line, you're probably talking about lighter, more mobile guys, things like that. Um, so I don't know, like, is a running back super intrigued by a system like this? I mean, I think I would, if I was to say, hey, in the NFL, if you want to last in that league, you're going to be a heck of a pass catcher. And in this offense, we're going to throw the ball to you. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's the selling point. But some running backs are like, well, I like I like Tennessee because uh, we ran off tackle. And, you know, I got – so I, I think it's got to give you an opportunity with some of those guys anyway. I certainly think it's going to be a an interesting chain of events starting today at 1130 now as we – have heard the press conference has been pushed back to 11.30. But it starts today. I mean, it's, well, it started last week with the hiring of Danny White. But 
today is when we find out, you know, the, the direction of the Tennessee program and where it's going to go. And as a fan of the Tennessee program, to me, I mean, I think it's time to just let it go. So we're going to let it ride, Joe. See what happens. Well, yeah, I mean, what what else can you do, really? You know, I, I mean, it's, I mean, hey, at some point, one of these hires may actually be a pleasant surprise. You know, <laughs> well, it's like it's like I said earlier this week. You know, I was pretty excited about uh, Butch Jones. I was really excited about Jeremy Pruitt, and you know, if if they give me a hire that I'm not that excited about, well, clearly we're going in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Here we go, Joe. Thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We really appreciate it, man. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. See you later. Joe Rexford of The Athletic on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, SEC hoops, some other college hoops as well, but um, some interesting developments last night after the final, the final scores were written down and put on the Internet. The SEC standings are, well, they're something. Jacked up. <laughs> No doubt. We'll tell you what they look like on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game you can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. teams you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint chris yow mo pat and jp plant with you here on this hump day as we approach the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour we're here with you on 1017 until 11 a.m following that however we will lead you into the Tennessee football press conference where Josh Heupel will be announced as the next head football coach of the Volunteers. The press conference is set for 11.30. It will be carried live on 103.7 WKRM, our sister station. Make sure to tune in. Right after this show, we will jump on 103.7 and talk more about that. We'll probably have some additional voices to give their opinions and... You know, that's okay. We can do that. And I'm, I'll am i be curious to uh, 
to get to talk a little bit more in depth about Heupel and what he's done, I thought I think what Joe just said was pretty insightful. You know about how UCF has gone the wrong direction. Now that being said, they lost a lot off that Peach Bowl team, defensively specifically, uh, but that offense has continued to put up points. They just haven't done very well defensively. So you got to find a, de- a guy who can coach defense in the Southeastern Conference, right? So I mean, we'll I, see. I guess I just didn't realize that once Central Florida did what they did that the expectation was that they were going to stay there. I kind of felt like they had caught lightning in a bottle anyway. Sure. So, you know, I, I'm not sure. But if, an AAC championship is not out of the question. And they won one. They went to the Fiesta Bowl the next year. Well, and and the knock on that is those were Frost players. Sure. But so were the next two years, or they were freshmen and sophomores. Well, what gets lost in the – their exes players, you still got to coach them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily down on the hire. I mean, I get that they maybe swung and missed on some Power Five guys and that kind of thing, but they got an established head coach, which puts them ahead of the last hire. I agree completely. They got an offensive minded coach that puts them ahead of the last guy. They. Got somebody that has shown an ability to work with quarterbacks. Competency on the offensive side at all? Yeah. 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 We're going to get to so. all of that at the 11 o'clock hour on 103.7. Uh, so make sure to join us there as we lead you into that press conference. And then we'll probably join you for another five or ten minutes after that to give you our immediate reactions. So be interested to see. Right now, uh, let's talk a little bit about NCAA basketball because on 101.7 here you can hear the voice of Chris Stewart from whatever restaurant he's at calling the game. <laughs> Did you guys listen to this at all? Mm-mm. So they're like Baumhauer's Wings and Hoover calling the game, watching it on TV. Okay. That makes sense because I did come in on it one Saturday night a few weeks like, ago. What's and, that noise? Well, it just seemed really casual. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. Sitting at Baumhauer's It seemed really casual. It, I mean, so they're sitting at Baumhauer's. They're watching it on TV or on the monitors or whatever, and they're calling it from there? Yeah. I mean, whatever. It doesn't well, matter. I, I guess, you know, if you're not going to be at the arena, does it matter where you're at? You might as well be out. Eating and, wings? I mean, that's what we'd be and, doing. And doing whatever you do while you eat wings. I mean, is, isn't that what we'd be doing, JP? I mean, there's no doubt, right? Oh, absolutely. No question. <laughs> so... Alabama 9-0 and in conference play after a win last night over Kentucky, one in which um, the seven-and-a-half-point spread was covered by the Tide. Thank you. Although I was really <laughs> that's, worried. That's how with, Michaels would say that final score meant something to some people. Huh? With, when, with 13 seconds to go and it was a seven-point game, I was really worried. <laughs> and then Bama oh, hits their free throws. So you had Alabama covered. I did. I, I, I didn't think it would be even a question. I mean, seven and a half against a team they just beat by 20 on the road? I thought, man, Vegas must know something. Well, they do. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is or how it is, but they do. They know somebody from Blue Chips is all I'm saying. Oh, I'm just kidding. I don't think Alabama's cheating and shaving points. Unless. <laughs> well, my mama have to give up her job. <laughs> 
man. But great, yeah, they, great movie. They are nine and zero in conference play, and then after last night, uh, Auburn, who is four and five in conference play, got a big win over number twelve Missouri. Not surprisingly, because Bruce Pearl gets random weird wins all the time. Um, but because of that, Alabama now sits three games ahead of, of everybody. everybody. <laughs> That's amazing. It, it it really is amazing. Now, left on the schedule. First off, they have Oklahoma on Saturday, which just beat Texas by one thanks to a defensive putback. <laughs> um, they play LSU at home next week. LSU not very good. They've already beaten them by about forty because they hit thirty seven threes. <laughs> but they still got Missouri. That's a you know, that's a game that they, you know, on the road that they probably need to win but could afford to lose, really. Um, because the rest of the way, it's South Carolina, Georgia, Vandy, and Texas A&M, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Auburn. Now, from bottom to top, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Georgia are the bottom four teams in the Southeastern Conference. <laughs> So, and I just told you Auburn's four and five. Mississippi State's four and five. They still play them as well. It would be hard for Alabama to not be your regular season SEC champion, right? You would think. I mean, uh, again, they, they, they'd have to lose a bunch of games here over the rest of the way to not. And and some other teams would have to win a bunch of games. That's I think right. That's the bigger thing. <laughs> because, again, they're three games up on everybody. everybody. And and they hold the tiebreaker against both Tennessee and Florida, who are two of the three teams closest to them after LSU. Right. So, I mean, expect uh, this Alabama team to be your SEC champion. Regular season. Regular season-wise, anyway. So, yeah, I mean. But I tell you, though, the one thing that that tightly packed bunch there behind Alabama tells me is the tournament's going to be wild. The tournament is going to be interesting. Uh, And because Alabama checks the boxes that you typically check when looking at tournament teams, good guard play. And they're able to shoot from anywhere on the floor. I think Alabama's got a shot to go deep this season. I really do. Whereas Tennessee has completely regressed. They are on the opposite end of the spectrum. Barely beat Mississippi State last night. At home, just not looking good. Not at all. And I don't understand it. I mean, are they relying too much on those freshmen? Is the chemistry just not there? You know, And, and this is the thing when you don't have the off-season workouts that you typically have because of the pandemic maybe the chemistry is a thing certainly i think it could that that's a big possibility absolutely i mean you need chemistry you need these guys playing in the same gym together you need them working together now at this point in the season they ought to have some but instead they went from good to worse so i don't understand why the chemistry is is regressing and the team is regressing when you should be getting better All right it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, no. 
Makes about as much sense as these black uniforms that Mississippi State wore last night. I don't get it. The, I don't get the black and the if if it's not in your color scheme. I mean, South Carolina and black. Okay, I can deal with that. Sure, Georgia, Miss uh, Georgia, Missouri. Okay, Mississippi State. You're not black. No, you're maroon and white. That's what you are. Wear it. Stop getting crazy. Iowa State. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And Tennessee, Tennessee, who got beat by nearly 30 at Florida, lost at home to Missouri after destroying Missouri. In Columbia. In Columbia earlier this year. Get beat by nine at home on Saturday. Barely squeaked by last night Mississippi State and you've got Kansas on the horizon. I mean it doesn't get any easier. It's no. it's it's Kansas, Kentucky, Florida again, LSU who's 4 and 3 in the conference. Kentucky when, you, when again. you're looking forward to playing Kentucky, right? Can we at least take take some shots at the at the Wildcats, JP? We take some shots at them. Uh, you know, I mean I'm sure you know, they've been good for a long time and uh, have been boisterous in their success. <laughs> I think it's human nature when they turn the other direction that others may want to pipe up. Take note of it. Take note. Yeah. Take uh, boisterous note. Yeah, I mean, there's that. <laughs> so the, I think the question for that, though, is why is this team different than every other? Because – He's had freshmen. Is it because there was, you know, the lack? I'm I'm sure that their time together was greatly diminished because of the pandemic. And with, you know, young freshmen, he, um, Calipari probably used that time to try to build them up. He didn't have that. Maybe that's the simple reason why they aren't coming together as they have in the past. But his one and dones have always been kind of the superstars. He doesn't have a superstar. You know, he he's always had a couple of one and dones who were able to play together or whatever, but they've yeah, never that really took, been that, a team. They've that always just time. been superstars. They've come together though to be very successful enough and they didn't have any time, I don't think, in the preseason in the summer to do so. And thus it's a lot harder when you're doing it in uh, in live time, if you will, sure. in in games, in SEC games, um, and, yeah, and, you're, and then you you're add game planning. You're not working. You're not working yeah. on yourself. You're game planning too. And and you add on top of that, none of these guys are are accustomed to losing. I'm sure. They're so bad, so they're frustrated. You add that, the frustration builds up, and it makes it even more difficult to get through all of that uh, minutia, if you will. To, to try to get to where you want to go. Uh, no question for that particular program and that coaching staff, probably the most difficult season and coaching job that Calipari has had at Kentucky, maybe ever. I would agree. Certainly interesting. Um, in the other conference that we are interested in, the Atlantic Sun particularly – um, North Alabama down in Florence, sitting at five and one, nine and three overall in conference play. 
I, I got to think that's a bit of a surprise for a lot of folks. It was for me because, I mean, UNA's never been a, a great basketball program. Um, while Lipscomb sitting at five and three, ten and eight overall, really, you know, kind of struggling right now, and not that's a surprise to me. With North Alabama just having come up to Division One here in the last little bit, um, that's certainly a shot in the arm for that program. I did not realize that's where they were sitting in a sun play, but that's um, we were talking about Bellarmine. They're four and two. They're in second place. On any given night, man. <laughs> it's just it's wild. They they this is their first year. Mm-hmm. Now but, I know they were a D two power, but still. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the one thing is it's it's maybe a little bit easier in basketball because there's only five guys on the floor to you know, to carry over some of that success if you've got some guys that can go. Sure. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, and as we talked yesterday with Casey Alexander, Belmont, well in hand of the Ohio Valley at 10 and 0, second place to Eastern Kentucky at 7 and 1, which is typical. Big uh, game tomorrow night for the Bruins up at Clarksville. Yeah. Uh, Austin P sitting at 4 and 3 in the conference. What is really shocking to me is Murray State 3 and 5. That's wild. But the thing about that team, that program is they could turn around and win five straight at any point. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, you know, I college basketball in the mid in the mid state is is a lot of fun to watch, especially when you've got Belmont and Lipscomb. Uh, then of course you've got TSU and Austin P also in there. It's any given night you can go out and watch a, a really good high, uh, a really good college basketball game, just about. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try. I, I know for a fact that February 18th I'll be at Kirby Event Center. <laughs> um, other than that, I'm going to try to get some games. I'm, I might even go to Murfreesboro tomorrow. I don't know. UAB at Murphy Center. Have fun. But uh, you don't want to go with me? No. I'll wear my, I'll wear my UAB shirt. You wear your your house divided. <laughs> <laughs> studio divided studio divided right yeah. here yeah put some tape down tomorrow <laughs> ding 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 what to use uh three dudes with a view yeah we uh, can intro. Uh, repurpose that for sure <laughs> get it on Oh man all right it's wild and wacky wednesday and we need to talk about the wildest and weirdest news from across the world and we will do that on the other side of the break we'll be right back on the southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Yes, the sports talk show you've always wanted as we talk about not sports this segment. That's okay. We're fine with that. Shout out to Terry the Chicken Man. 
bringing in the chicken biscuits this morning. Coming in clutch. Clutch like the old three on a tree step side pickup short truck. Short bed step side. Yeah, short bed step side truck. I'm just telling you. <laughs> um. So, it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Brought to you by JJ's Barbecue. And our friends over at JJ's are fantastic. Smoked wings, potato soup, loaded bakers. They got it all. Doesn't get any better. Since 1995, they are Columbia's oldest locally owned barbecue restaurant. And they are located at 900 Hatcher Lane. Go see them today. Leave us some smoked wings, please. As we bring you the wildest and weirdest and wackiest news from across the world. This morning on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey guys, we talk about candy bars. We've talked candy bars on this show quite a bit. I believe one of you guys had the whatchamacallit on your list. Top five? That would be yours truly. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Like, you- like the, the, the Rice crispy style candy bars, yes. So, did you know... That Hershey's has now announced a spinoff of the Whatchamacallit bar, and it has a new name. Hmm. What'd you do? What do you think it is? It's got to be something along the Whatcha. Yeah, that's right. Gotta, All right, so it's not Whatchamacallit. What, you, what, what do you think it is? Nothing. You got nothing. I got, I got, I got nothing. nothing. I got nothing. How about the Who's He What's It? No. Well, that's what it is. No. So what's what is this uh, spinoff constructed of? That's a really good question, JP. I'm glad you asked. It will have a peanut butter cream layer, rice crisps covered in chocolate, and they will go on sale next month. Okay, I'll give it a try. I'm in. Nate, n- you rice Krispies, peanut butter, and chocolate. Yeah. I mean, well, the name, can, you know. If so, you like so watching McCallits yeah. and you like that that ricey, uh-huh. rice crispy yeah. part of it, then yeah, you're gonna like this. And what's the name? Who's he wants it? Who's Who's he wants it? Yep. W h o z e e what z i t. Well, it fits the brand exactly. Watch him call it. I'll give him credit. Yeah. Who's he wants it? Okay. Um, speaking of candy bars, Butterfinger. One of my favorite candy bars. Nobody better yeah. Butterfinger. I love Butterfingers, butter and this is going to sound weird because you know chocolate and bourbon go really well together. Butterfingers mm-hmm. and Elijah Craig Barrel Proof okay. is insane. Um, But Butterfingers coming out with its own peanut butter. Like in a jar? Yep. So. Does it taste like the candy bar? I'm hoping it tastes like the, the peanut butter in the, can, in the candy bar. Is that different than... It's just a little, yeah, it's a little different. I mean, you know. How can you tell? I just. When it's mixed with chocolate. Well, because. Of course it's going to taste different than a jar of peanut butter. But it tastes, I'm talking about the, the peanut butter in a Reese's cup tastes different than the peanut butter in a Butterfinger, butter right? Again, because it's mixed with chocolate. I don't a different think, kind of chocolate. No, see, I mean, I've had the peanut butter only, both of them, and I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe. I think there's a difference. Maybe. I, I like your optimism. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll taste good. I mean, I've had Reese's peanut butter in a jar. It yeah. tastes. It tastes about the same as a Reese's cup. Okay. So I don't know. 
So that means that they made it taste like the candy bar. Probably. <laughs> it's just a spreadable version of the Reese's peanut butter cup. See, I thought it was supposed right? to be I want the I just want I just want the peanut butter that's in the jar. It's peanut butter. I know. But I don't I don't want it to taste like the chocolate. I want just the peanut butter part. So get you uh, a can of Skippy or Jif. But it doesn't taste as good as Reese's. Because it doesn't have the chocolate in it. <laughs> Mo, how much do we have to go round and round on this? <laughs> oh, have you had the peanut? If butter? you notice, y'all are the ones going round and round. Ha- have you? Have you ever had the peanut butter only Reese's? If I have, I don't recall. Yeah, they uh, just, the they, flavor they just profile. Out, yeah, I, they just came out with them. And I, are they really Reese's if they don't have chocolate? They're cups. They're peanut butter cups, is what they are with okay. no chocolate. So I don't know. It has no What's chocolate. The cup is that peanut butter too. The cup is just what the mold that they put it in, which is made of what. Chocolate? No, no. The mold. <laughs> I would think, the, right? The mold is just a mold. It's paper. You just take the peanut butter, you put it in the paper. And okay, it makes so it's mold. all peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I need to check the peanut butter and that to see if they're the same. Anyway, let's get into some weird news out of food. Because <laughs> um, this is my favorite. So, a guy in Florida was arrested after a company towed his car. So, what did he do? He towed the tow truck? He stole the tow truck. No no question he stole the tow truck. Yeah, and this idiot's going to jail. Uh, you might feel for him, though, if you've ever had your car towed. Uh, 30-year-old Amy Ongo lives in Cocoa, Florida, and a company called Car Store Towing recently towed his car. This says him, but I don't think he was towed. I'm pretty sure it was the vehicle. <laughs> Not Amy. <laughs> um, but he got him back last week because he stole the tow truck. They reported it stolen. A cop spotted him driving it on the highway a few hours later. He admitted he stole the truck to get revenge on the company for towing his car. But they also found drugs, of course. Mm-hmm. Duh. So he's facing uh, grand theft auto charges and possession of a controlled substance. True story. I was in Nashville years and years and more years ago having lunch with somebody. Walking back, I see my car go by me. What? Hello. On a tow truck or on, something? On a tow truck. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Did you chase after it? I was just stunned. It's like, yeah, because I didn't feel like I was in a towable spot, but clearly I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little different. All right. A restaurant owner in New York has been arrested after he tried to set his own business on fire back in August. He was locked down because of COVID restrictions. So, let me tell you a little backstory here. As I, I used to do karaoke back in the day at, uh, at at restaurants in my hometown. I ran the show, and um, two different places, three three different places that I ran karaoke shows burned down either while I was doing it or very recently after I quit doing karaoke there. So, hmm. yeah, you want to talk about singing The Roof is on Fire? <laughs> that was that was us. I was, uh, anyway, this fella, uh, restaurant owner in Queens, has been arrested after he tried to set his business on fire. Uh, his own surveillance video caught him. Hmm. <laughs> his, springer, his sprinkler system put out the fire before it could spread. <laughs> Oh, wow. he's, he's facing five years in prison. Mm. 
A paramedic in Polk County, Florida, who was named the 2020 Paramedic of the Year in the county, was just arrested for stealing three vials of the vaccine. Hey, Paramedic of the Year, but, you know, (laughs) apparently the plaque wasn't good enough. (laughs) One of the real thing. He wanted some lovely parting gifts. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's rough, man. That's rough. Well... That is your weirdest and wildest and wackiest news from across the world here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Again, find us full coverage of local high school sports in Southern Middle Tennessee on sm-tnsports.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, sm underscore tnsports. We are going to be – are we simulcasting? I believe yes. I just got a note from – from Clayton, that uh, those that are tuning in right now, of course, Rush Limbaugh follows us. His program will start as scheduled, and as we get closer to the press conference, we will uh, take over and uh, broadcast on both WKOM and WKRM through the duration and the reaction afterwards, and then we will join back in progress, Rush, here on WKOM. So you can keep it here and uh, wait on us to interrupt Rush, or you can go to WKRM, listen to some random music. Uh, which is awesome, by the way. It I really love, is. I love Their the own random, zany brand of uh, I love the random music. front porch radio music. And uh, 103.7, WKOM, WKRM.com, any of those. Check it out. Uh, we will give you our reactions to the press conference and more. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. For Mo Patton, J.P. Plant, I'm Chris Yao. Stay cool, Columbia. <laughs>